0: praise God. I don't have time to get into what I preached at 10, but I really mean it. It'll help you because I taught a lot about the connection of the mind to your spirit. We talked Willie about learn to learn the inner witness, but if you don't know how, if your mind can't pick up the inner witness, who cares about the inner witness? If your mind can't grasp, can't get, can't respond, can't notice, recognize the knowing or the inner voice, then the knowing and the inner voice is for nothing. Because your mind wasn't able to pick it up. And that's a lot of the problem. You have an inner witness, you just can't pick it up. You have a voice on the inside speaking to you, but you can't pick it up. Why? Because your mind's not renewed. If you don't get your thoughts, if you don't have a, become spiritually minded and get your thoughts and your mind washed with the water of the word and renewed for Romans 12, two says by be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If your mind doesn't get renewed, you won't pick up the impulses of your spirit. And the, and all the stuff I've taught you so far, it won't have any benefit to you because your mind is carnal and it's ratty tatty, like an old, like an old chair that's all cut and ripped and torn and everything But your spirit is made new. Because when you're born again your spirit is made new but your soul your mind and your and your emotions is not new it's the same old ratty-taddy soul you had before you got saved with all the same problems all the same hurts if you're abused as a child all the same traumas all that is part of your ratty-taddy chair that's your soul but when you take your chair to Barry Penny he is a upholster repairer he restores upholstery when you take it to Barry he takes all the ratty stuff off same chair but it's made it's renewed it's not a new chair it's an old chair but made new he take jesus is like barry he's the master upholsterer he takes your broken down soul all your hurt all your pain all the abuse all the childhood trauma all the people that have hurt you and wounded you and and all the hang-ups and the hiccups and everything else ups you know what i'm saying and he takes that ratty, tatty thing and he says, now I'm going to take this off and I'm going to put something new. And, and then before you know it, the per, you look at the person and say, you're not the same person. Yeah. You don't think the same. You don't talk the same. You don't act the same. You don't even look the same. Well, because their spirit was always new, but their soul was ratty, tatty. Yeah. The only thing that changes when you're born again is your spirit. That's right. That's right. But when you renew your mind with the word. It gives Jesus, the upholsterer, an opportunity to wash the stains away, to take the old leather off, and to put brand new, perfect leather on. It changes the way you think, how you feel, how you respond to people. Some people, they've got so many hang-ups, they don't even know why they act towards certain people the way they do. They just do. And they can go to the psychiatrist for 30 years and pay $150 an hour, or they can go to Jesus because a psychiatrist will only do soul stuff because that's what psyche means soul. They'll deal with your soul, but they don't know how to renew the soul because there's no living word that they give you. So that's just, it's like a, it's like a patch job. I don't want my dirty rotten chair to have a patch job. I need the whole thing to be taken off and a brand new leather to be put on. I don't want to patch it. Do You understand what I'm saying? Psychiatrists can only patch because they've got no living power because there's no word. There's no life. But Jesus and you together working with each other, Jesus can put the life of the word into you and wash you and clean you and take all that old stuff out and put something new. And so you look different. You sound different. You're the same. You're the same soul as before, but new. Now, your spirit is not that way. Your spirit is brand new. It's not the old, broken-down, devil-possessed spirit. It's a brand-new spirit. But your soul is the same old chair, but with a new refitting. How do you get that? By the washing of the water of the word. I'm re-preaching the synopsis to you. I won't read it for sake of time, but James 1.21 says, Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save or renew your soul. How do you save your soul? Not by a psychiatrist, but by engrafting the word. How do you graft a tree? You take that, you attach it to the other and you bind it. And then they become one. We are called grafted in. The Jewish race, we're Gentiles, but we became through Jesus a part of the children and the seed of Abraham. We were grafted in and bound by the blood of Jesus. When you take the engrafted word, it's not a little like, I might read it here and eh, I might read it there. You take it seriously and you study it and you meditate and you love it and it's your word. It's the word of God. It's precious to you. And you receive the word with meekness. That means with teachableness. Not where you think you're all that you can't be taught. You say, Lord, teach me, Holy Spirit. Teach me, Pastor Craig. Teach me those that God has put over me. Teach me, Holy Ghost, when you're at home and alone. Teach me. You have a hungry, teachable heart, and you take the word and you bind it. You engraft it to your heart. When you do that, the water washes every stain. There's no stain from your past that has gone so deep into the fibers of your soul that it cannot be removed by the agent of the Word of God. It is the greatest agent. It's better than any soap or spray out there. You know, you spray your stuff and then you rub it and you spray it again, and then you soak it and you spray it again, and it takes the, the stain out of the fibers. There are certain stains, hurts, and brokenness in the fibers of people's soul and emotions that no psychiatry and no soul power has the power to remove that hurt. It's just not possible. It's too ingrained in who they are as a person. It's part almost of their DNA, so to speak, but the Word of God is supernatural. It's not natural like a psychiatrist's handbook. It's super supernatural life, and it comes in like a supernatural soap, and it lifts out the stain of hurt, and it makes people new. You talk about being led by the Spirit, you've got to wash your mind, because if your mind and your soul doesn't get renewed, you will never pick up the cues and the impulses of your spirit. Now, that's a five-minute synopsis. You've got to listen to the whole message to get everything else, because there was a lot more about squids and Trump and everything else. You don't want to miss it. I'm telling you something about it. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you watch that and you listen because it'll help you understand how to renew your mind. And that's what we're after is a renewed mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. But today I thought I would end this series. This is, what is it today? Part 14? Wow. 14 parts, huh? Let's talk about how to be led by the Spirit. And I want to sh- finish the series. This is the last part. And I want, to, I want to tell you 12 ways that we are led by the Spirit. I've only, first of all, told you three ways. Do you remember what the first way was? Oh, please, Jesus. Listen, even if you don't remember, just say that you remember just to help your pastor <laughs> so I don't cry. Because I feel like I'm going to cry in a second if, if none of you know any of the ways. And I've only said it. Brother, would you please put up the quote here? I'm going to find it for you, Peter. The inner witness, number 11, please. The inner wit number 11. The witness of the spirit is sometimes an inward intuition. Sometimes it's just a check that you sense in your spirit. A stop sign, so to speak, or sometimes it's just a green light, so to speak. Something on the inside of you, sometimes it's just an inward prompting or an urge. Uh, the, the passion translation calls it an impulse. So that's what Kenneth Hagin said. And, and, and we, we trust him. And he, he knew a lot more about this than most of us will ever know. And so he, that was his tried to definition. Then Jesus appeared to him in 1959 in El Paso, Texas for an hour and a half an open vision, just like you see me. Jesus walked into his room, sat beside him for an hour and a half and talked to him about the prophet's ministry. In that discussion about prophets and how God uses prophets, the Lord said these words, number 12, the Lord said these words to Kenneth Hagin. He, he got into this area as he was sitting there talking about the prophets area about being led by the spirit. And Jesus said, this is Jesus Christ himself in an open vision speaking to Kenneth Hagin. He said, I'm not going to lead you by the prophets ministry." even though you do have that ministry, that's like the Old Testament. You're going to have to have to do like all the rest of my children, learn to follow the inward witness. So even prophets, even fivefold ministers don't get special treatment. We all have to learn just like you, the inward witness. When you're praying about things and you've got that good velvety-like feeling in your spirit, that's a go-ahead sign. That's a green light. Go ahead. But if you're praying about should I make this move or should I do that and there seems to be a hesitancy I call it an uneasiness a check in your spirit. That's a stop sign. Don't do it. Don't go forward That is the inward witness praise god So we, we sh- we've talked i'm not repeating all of it but I just wanted to share that quote with you to remind you we're talking about the inner witness now go to verse thir- number 13 Please talking about no not 13 go to number 14 talking about the inward voice The inward witness is the most common way the Holy Ghost is. That's that inward knowing. But number two is the inward voice. Sometimes the inward witness and the inward voice are related because they're both your spirit talking to you. One is a knowing and one is a voice, but they're both coming from your spirit. Sometimes we call that inner voice a still small voice. Now, I was always mistaught as a child by my pastor that the still small voice was the voice of the Holy Spirit, but it's not. The still small voice is the voice of your spirit speaking to you as its influence, as it picks things up from the Holy Spirit because it lives with the Holy Spirit inside. Do you understand? And and that still small voice is your own voice. Do you understand? Some people call it the conscience. And I don't really like that term, but yes, technically it could be, but but I find it causes confusion when you talk about that. So it's just, your spirit has a voice, just like Lazarus when he went to hell, and Jesus told the story, I think it's in Luke 17 or something, about the rich man went to hell, Lazarus went to heaven, remember? And and their spirit was there, but their spirit was speaking. Their spirit was talking and feeling, they had emotions. So there was a measure of their soul connected to their spirit in the afterlife. And your spirit has a voice. Your spirit can speak. Your spirit can let you know something, but your spirit can also talk to you about something. You've got to learn to quieten your mind, renew your mind, so you pick up the voice of your spirit or the knowing of your spirit. Do you understand? Sometimes we call that inward voice a still small voice. Really, much of the time, it's the voice of our own spirit speaking to us, which is a little stronger than just the inner witness. That voice is the voice of our spirit. That voice is passing on to our minds what our spirits have picked up from the Spirit of God. Your spirit's picking things up from the Holy Ghost, and it's going to pass it on to your mind. That's why if you don't have a renewed mind, you won't, you won't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to have a renewed mind, and you've got to pray much in the Holy Ghost. Remember, praying in tongues doesn't renew your mind. Praying in tongues gets your spirit man operating. It gets movement, it helps you enter in, It strengthens your faith. It, it it helps you hear the voice of the spirit more clearly, but praying in tongues innately does not renew your mind. Right. Because praying in tongues, your mind is quiet and unfruitful. You're not using your mind when you pray in tongues. The only thing that renews your mind, the gifts of the spirit don't renew your mind? Why do you think you come to church? Because your mind is wacky and needs to be made made like God. You come to church not primarily for the gifts of the Spirit, although we want the gifts of the Spirit, but they don't renew your mind. They strengthen you, they help you, they set you free, they heal you, they instruct you with the, with the vocal gifts. They bring revelation with the revelation gifts, but they don't renew your mind. Right. Miracles don't renew your mind. The presence of God, as wonderful as it is, doesn't renew your mind. Amen. Praying in tongues doesn't renew your mind. The only thing that changes your thoughts is God's Word. That is why when we come to church, we try to put an emphasis on God's word because it's the word that will wash you and change your thought pattern so that you think like God, not like the devils on the television. Do you understand? you got to learn to think like God thinks. So uh, our spirit has a voice and our spirit has a knowing and our mind is trying to pass it on to our mind. That's why we need a renewed mind. Now the inner voice is stronger than the inner witness. You can understand that. But then the Spirit's voice is stronger than the inner voice, or the, or the still small voice. Do You see, that inner voice is not as authoritative as when the Holy Ghost actually speaks. When the Spirit of God speaks to you, it comes with a greater sense of authority than that little tiny, tiny voice. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit can't speak softly. Do you hear what I'm saying? He can speak quietly to you, I'm not saying he can't. I'm saying the majority of cases, that very tiny, tiny, tiny still voice that you almost miss, that is being communicated to your mind, but with words, not just with knowing. Mm -hmm. That's your spirit. In most cases, the Holy Spirit, when he speaks, has more an authoritative way about him. Sometimes you feel like somebody's in the room. Who said that? Other times it's not that loud, but you know God spoke to you. Do you understand? That's the Spirit's voice. So that was the inward voice. Now go to the last one there, Brother Peter. I think, uh, what was the last one? Number 15. And it says, when the Holy Spirit speaks, it will be a little more authoritative than the inward witness and a little more authoritative than the inward voice. When he speaks, you're not hearing it with your physical ears, although to you it's just as real as though he spoke physically. You might say, who said that? Or did you hear that? You see, now he's giving an example about the time. You see, it's as if I would heard with my physical ears the authoritative voice of the Spirit of God speaking. It's as if. He hadn't heard it physically, but it feels like he heard it physically. That's how loud it can be. And if you're not familiar, and if you've never experienced the inner, the, the, the Spirit's voice speaking to you, then, uh, it means you're carnal. Are you listening to me? If you've never heard the Holy Ghost speak to you, it means you're carnal. Because the Holy Ghost, I guarantee you, has tried to speak to every single person in this room. But some of you are so carnal, you're so fleshly, you're so obsessed with your mind. Your mind is so loud. You never pray. You never quieten yourself. You never wait on God. Your mind is so unrenewed and you're so not used to the, the, the leading of your spirit that even when the Holy Ghost tries to speak, you, you dismiss it. You, you, you don't even know what it is. So, but the more sensitive you get, you'll hear his voice. It's quite easy to hear his voice when he chooses to speak. And then you'll hear that still little tiny voice, which is your spirit. And then you'll know that knowing that just know, you don't know why you just know that, you know, but you don't know why that's the inner witness but you got to get this mind quiet and you got to get it renewed. And if you're going to become skillful in this, that means less television and more prayer. Listen, you can live your life knowing all the shows on television and all the actresses and know all the themes and be able to talk to all your, your little drunken buddies at, 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 at your work about this show and that show. Or you can live your life. You're paying a price though. You are exchanging something precious for something carnal and you don't even know about it I didn't say you can never watch television. It's not my place to tell you that you've got to figure this out Work out your own salvation. The Bible says with fear and trembling. I'm not telling you. I'm not your judge I don't tell you what to do. I'm just telling if you want to be spiritual turn the television off yeah. Amen. Yeah, Do you think Kenneth Hagan was watching CSI and this and that and every other show out there? Do you think he do you think he spent his time watching that? Can you picture Kenneth Hagin doing that? Why do you say that? Because you know he's a spiritual man. And he, they, listen, he likes sports, so he watched sports sometimes. And I'm sure he liked a good Western. You know, some of those, these preachers always liked John Wayne for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if he did. I know Dr. Dufresne sure liked John Wayne. So I'm not saying that they never had entertainment. I'm not saying they never had amusement. But they didn't live their life around amusement. They lived their life around Jesus and the Spirit, and that's why they were so skillful. By the way, can I tell you something that all of you maybe don't know? Do you know what the word muse, M-U-S-E, means? The word muse, the original word for muse, it means to think or to ponder. Do you know what A, when you put A in front, A against, abnormal, when you put A in front of a word, what does it mean? It means without or not. Did you know that? I mean, you look at me like i got six eggs. You remember your English? Yes. Do you know what amusement means? To not think. Yes, A right. yeah. muse. To not think. What is amusement? You put on the television so that you don't have to think. You go into another world. You are transported into the avatar world, if that's what you're watching and then you think you're a big blue uh, ape-looking creature. <laughs> you're transported into the, the, the Bahamas if you're watching some show about the... It, it's, it's, a, it's a quietening of thought. Yeah. That's why people do it, to calm down. Because at the end of the long day, they don't want to think, so they have amusement. Do yeah. you understand? Yeah. So it's okay to have amusement. It's okay to help you turn your brain off, but be very careful what you watch when you have amusement. Because when you are in being amused, your mind, I'm telling you the truth about it, your mind does not function at its highest capacity. So your mind is more likely to take in garbage because you're in you're no think mode. So when you're watching television in your amuse mode, I don't want to think. Be listening to your spirit because the Holy Ghost doesn't want everything that you're watching to get in you. And a lot of what is being produced today grieves the Holy Spirit. But I'm just watching it because I'm not really paying attention, Pastor. I'm just watching it. No, no, be careful because you're watching it. Remember what Matthew 6 says, if the eye be single, great is the light watch what your eye watches watch what goes in your eye gate because it makes a big difference i don't know why i felt to say that but i felt to say that well, don't don't just make the excuse that you're watching evil shows because you're just well i'm not really paying attention it doesn't really affect me it affects you more than you think because your mind is not functioning at highest capacity because you're amused you're no thinking pro- mode you got to be very careful because things will sneak in in that no thinking mode yes. and you'll justify stuff that you'd never normally justify when you're looking for amusement. Yeah. Would you please listen to your pastor? I'm trying to help you. Yeah. We live in a very, this is not 1970. No. Okay, if this is 1970, we didn't have to talk about it that much. It's in 1980, didn't have to talk about it too much. Yeah. The stuff there was much tamer. Yeah, Even the bad stuff was not really that bad. Yeah. Do you understand? Now, there are so many levels of evil on that television, it is shocking. shocking. It is absolutely astonishing because yeah. there has been a release of demon power into Hollywood and you should not be the, the, the recipient of their garbage. You're not a garbage dump. Don't let them pour their garbage into you because that's what it is. It's garbage. Okay, are you all listening to me? Because I'm trying to help you. All right, it's the, okay. So we got the, so what is the number one way God leads us? Are you still with me? I better hurry. I'm never going to get through it. You all just better just skip lunch because they're not leaving until I'm done this. I, I'm just kidding. See, see, they're laughing, but that's a nervous laugh. You hear that, Jenny? That wasn't a real laugh. That was nervous laughter. The inward witness. Peace and joy. The bearing of witness. That's the most common way. The inward witness. The inward witness is the number way one number one way God leads us. It's an inward knowing. Praise God. Get a renewed mind and you'll pick it up more. Hallelujah. What's the second way? The inner voice of your spirit. The inner voice of your spirit. These are now this normally comes. It's a thought that comes to you. You know, you hear where we say we hear words, but it's really it pops into your mind. But It comes from down in here, and you can tell, and it's still and it's small. You can articulate it, because it's your spirit speaking to you. You could even write it on a piece of paper. It's from the inside, Taylor. It's not from the outside. It's like a bubble from a pool. Remember, Pastor Nancy was praying about who Stephen should marry, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. She's tapping into her spirit by praying in tongues, and then a little bubble came. She had, she didn't know what it was, but she could feel it. And then when it got up here, the thought came into her mind: go south. That was the voice of her spirit speaking to her, but it came up like a bubble. Sometimes it's a little tiny voice. Sometimes it's a bubble that then you can articulate it, but that's your, that's your spirit and you can pick it up. Praise God. Now it can, uh, uh, listen, if it came from the outside, it wouldn't be the voice of your spirit, would it? Now an angel can influence you according to the will of God. A thought can come into you. That's good. That's from God, but an angel's influencing, but it's from the outside. It doesn't come up it's not from down here. And a demon can influence you against the will of God. And that's a thought. And people can influence you and put a thought in your mind. But that's all from the outside. It's not from the inside. Are you with me? Now we've got number three, the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's more authoritative than your, the voice of your spirit praise God. Now you'll pick this up more, the more you're, the, the more, like I said, the more you're washed and renewed in your mind, you'll pick it up. Now when the Spirit of God speaks to you, are you listening? It technically is from the inside, because that's where he is, but it can seem like it's on the outside. That's why Dad Hagen would often look around, and he thought somebody was standing behind him, but it was the voice of the Spirit, but it sounded like it came from behind him, it sounded like it came from the outside, even though it technically was in his spirit, but it sounded like from the outside. So why is one area that we don't primarily have you focus on the spirit's voice? Because the spirit's voice, while technically from the inside, can seem like it's coming from the outside. But you know what? A lot of other voices that aren't the Holy Ghost come from the outside too. And it's harder to tell the spirit's voice than another voice from the outside. Yeah. Because even though the spirit is speaking from within, it's so loud, it can feel like it's from out. So you don't primarily focus on the spirit's voice. You focus on the inward witness and on your inner voice because that can never be mimicked because it comes from inside your sealed spirit, which is sealed by the blood and there's no demons and there's no weirdness there. The spirit's voice can be misconstrued. It's still from the inside, but people can miss it. And then think God said something, but he didn't and it'd really be some other voice that they're listening to. So the spirit's voice is very real and you lead us that way, but you've got to be skillful when you're listening to the spirit's voice. And baby Christians don't primarily look for the spirit's voice. Listen for the inward witness. Them that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And the spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So the number one way a child of God, even a brand new Christian is going to be led, is by the inner knowing. You always go with the inner knowing and the inner voice first. When you're skillful with that, you can start recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit and not getting him mixed up with the voice of other voices. Number four is God can speak to you through scripture. Now, when we say he speaks to you through scripture, what does he mean? It's still revelation that's coming from the Holy Ghost. But as you're reading the scripture, something jumps off the page. You go, ah, I never saw that before. Oh, my Lord, I never saw that before. That is revelation coming to you into your, into your mind. Your mind is catching up with what the revelation in your spirit already knows. And the Holy Ghost is giving you revelation into the scripture. But it's from the Holy Ghost, but it's through the vehicle of scripture. You see, it's from the Holy Ghost number one, but it's through the vehicle of an inward knowing. It's from the Holy Ghost number two, but it's through the vehicle of your inner voice. It's from the Holy Ghost number three, but it's directly his voice. It's from the Holy Ghost number four, but it's through the vehicle of a scripture verse. Much of what I've learned is by number four. Much. In fact, almost all the revelation we have about the mantle, almost, not all, but almost all the revelation about what's coming is by number four. Because as I read he'll start to number four and three work together with me strong As I read the spirit's voice speaks to me about the type and shadow of what i'm reading and how it applies to me I'm, just giving you some different ways. Number five. What is one way? God speak to us the gift of prophecy What is prophecy? Prophecy, now this is, when I I say the gift of prophecy, I'm really talking about the private gift of prophecy. This is in spontaneous inspired utterance. This is not public prophecy. This is still the gift of prophecy, but in your private time. Do you realize that you can can be praying in the Holy Ghost and you're praying about something and all of a sudden words just bubble out and you just start speaking them? You are speaking by spontaneous inspired utterance and listen to what you say because your answer is in there but you can't force it. It's as he wills because all the gifts are as he wills. Do you understand? But it can come, now it can also come, I didn't put it up there, but it's the same. It can come out by tongues and then you begin to interpret those tongues. Tongues and interpretation together equals the gift of prophecy. They're the same. Prophecy is higher because it doesn't take two steps. It takes one step. But many times I'm praying, 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 praying in the Holy Ghost, praying, worshiping God, worshiping Him in English. And out of my heart comes these words. I don't know where they come from, but out of my spirit, they just come and I'll just hear the Lord say, on October the 19th, this is going to happen. Okay. They just come out of my mouth spontaneous inspired utterance not just spontaneous anybody can just say anything that they want whenever they want praise god for cats that's spontaneous but it's not inspired (laughs) okay but when it's spontaneous and inspired that's the gift of prophecy tongues interpretation of tongues are the same and uh and it's wonderful when you interpret your own tongues or when that gift of prophecy starts to flow in your private life, your private prayer closet. Don't seek it, don't ask for it, but hunger for it. But don't don't follow that, follow the inward witness first. But, if you're, but that's the way that God can speak to you. What about number six, the public gift of prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues. This is when somebody out there uh, com- communicates, you've seen that in services, not just, now listen, today or earlier today, I can't remember, was it earlier today? Don't this morning, in this morning service, I gave a word of public prophecy. Yeah, right. Now that was instruction to you, but it was to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's other services where the Lord will say, you stand up there, thus say the Lord, and there's a word of prophecy or tongues interpretation to that individual person. Right. Can I, can I give a warning? I hear a lot of Christians say, I'll claim that, I'll take that. If the prophecy is to one person, you can't claim it. No. Right. I don't know where people get this nonsense from. God says to this person, I'm going to give you a business. And then seven other people go, I'll claim that. But God didn't talk to you. He talked to them. Yeah, amen. If he says publicly to everybody, you can claim it. That's true. Sure. But you can't claim something that was specified to somebody else. Yeah. Wait till God reveals that to you. Now, if the word is coming, I'm going to give you a business. And your spirit goes, well, right, yeah. now God is bearing witness that it also is for you. Good. Now you can take it, but your spirit has to, has to know it. You can't just go, oh, I like that. They're getting a business. You know, I was thinking about it. I should have some more money. I think I should have a business too. Mental, mental, mental. Right. I like that word. I'm going to claim that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. No matter how many times you shake and rattle and roll, it doesn't mean it's the anointing. Yeah. No matter how many times you claim it out of your mind, it doesn't mean it's from God to you because right. he, right. he didn't name you in the prophecy. <laughs> some people think that the more they shake, the more that God's approval. Uh, that, that doesn't exist. That, that's nonsense. Okay, sorry. I just got to say it, Danielle, because some people, they're so weird. The more they shake or bark like a dog or go, they think Jesus is a part of it, and he's not. Stop being a weirdo and be normal. A lot of churches act, we're weird. No wonder, no wonder sinners think we're nuts. The way Christians carry on sometimes. The gifts of the Spirit are not strange. They're powerful. They're answers to people. And I, and I don't appreciate when churches and these weird denominations act like it's a zoo. It demeans the power of the Holy Ghost, in my opinion. Anyway, keep on going because it's 306 and all of you have got your chicken to go to in your ovens. Praise God. Number seven, spiritual vision or high revelation. A spiritual vision, what Dad Hagen called a high revelation, is another way. I call it a spiritual picture. Or a closed vision. This is the this is the lowest form of visions. There's three there's three types of visions. This is the lowest form, but it's where God gives you an image in your mind, a very clear, distinct image, and and and, and you know it's not you. You know you didn't generate it. Okay? And when that that's a way that He can communicate to you. When you're praying, normally He's giving you revelation through the vehicle of a spiritual vision. Now, there could be a word of knowledge about the past through that vehicle. There could be a word of wisdom about the future through that vehicle. Or he could just be talking to you about something, but it's through the vehicle of an image. Like that man sitting there in that gray suit. And I had a flash one day, and I saw a tugboat pulling a large ship. And on the side, it said, P-O-L-C on the ship. And on the side of the red tugboat, it said, Aero Verisami." And the Lord said, He'll get you in and take you out of places that you can't get in yourself he's got a big heart and a big engine honor him that's him right there tug we call him tug he's got a tugboat picture in his office praise god we call him tug that was by a spiritual vision that i saw that a clo- spiritual picture a closed vision a high revelation dad hagen called that it's stronger than just a knowing you see something with your eyes closed okay are you with me still number eight Oh, by the way, some people like to know, okay, number eight is open vision. God can speak to you through an open vision. What is that? That means he reveals something to you because you see into the realm of spirits. That's called the gifts of the discerning of spirits. If Jesus were to appear to you, he would communicate to you. If an angel were to appear to you, they would communicate. Or you could just see into that realm and God shows you certain things and then the Holy Spirit teaches you on the inside what you're seeing. Don't ever search for it. Don't ever look for it because you'll open the door to demons if you do. God has to give that to you as he wills. Okay? Now, I didn't, I didn't include all of them, but really, there are three types of visions. Yeah. The lowest is the spiritual vision, what I've said, which is your eyes are closed, but you see an image. That's also when you could see Jesus with your eyes closed. Well, you know, you see him. He walks up to you. Paul saw at Damascus, the road to Damascus, he was having a spiritual vision. If you study the Bible very carefully, it does not say his eyes were open. It says his eyes were blinded, and he saw Jesus. So without any physical sight Jesus came to him but his eyes were closed. That's a spiritual vision. You can also see a picture and an image as a spiritual vision. Now the next is a trance. I don't have that up there but that's Peter on the rooftop in Acts 10. And when you're in a trance, all all your 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 senses are suspended. It's like you're frozen. You literally physically freeze and you are, uh, you are not aware of your surroundings. Everything is frozen and then God reveals something to you. He was frozen on the rooftop in a trance and he saw the vision of the sheet coming down with animals. Maria Woodworth Eder was frozen for three days. Was it a week or three days? Three days, three days in mid-sentence. Ah. That's amazing. And she stood like that for three solid days and didn't move. People from all around L.A. came by to file pass to look at the phenomenon. It was in the newspapers. Many people got saved because of it. And they just kept watching her. Three days later, she picked up the sentences where she left off as if no time had passed. And the Lord would say, and she kept moving. That's called a trance. In that trance, God showed her some things, but it took three days. Now, with Peter, it was only a matter of minutes. So God can communicate to you by visions. I'm not saying all of them on the list, but one is a spiritual vision or a high revelation, a spiritual picture uh, or a closed vision. The other is a trance where you don't, you're not aware of what's around you, but you're only aware of what God's revealing to you and you're frozen. And third is an open vision. An open vision is where Jesus or an angel or something were to appear to you. You're completely aware of your surroundings. You're not frozen. You can move and speak and you're aware of what's going on, but a, a spirit being appears to you as if they're, as if they're fully human. Yeah. That's an open vision. And don't search for that. But if God chooses, he can come. I'm just giving you way. I'm not saying that, he'll, that he will do all these with you. I'm telling you what he can do with yeah. you. Yeah. So really, spirit, seven and eight really are three items, spiritual vision, open vision, and, and or trance. Okay? You still with me? Now, now, now I've separated number nine specially, even though it's kind of a part of number eight, but I have put it aside. Number nine is an angelic visitation. An angel can appear to you and give you instruction. It is technically a part of eight because if you're seeing an angel, you're having an open vision. But I'm putting it in its own number because angelic visitations uh, in in, in some ways are unique. You could have an open vision and see into the realm of the spirit. but, But it is a little bit different than if an angel actually shows up and talks to you and gives you instruction. Both are technically open visions, but I want to let you know God can communicate things to you through angels. Yeah. You got to be very careful you don't get weird with this because yeah. right. you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not authorized in the Bible to ask your angel questions. You're not authorized to ask them their name. Yeah. Dad Hagen knew the name of his two angels because they told him, but that's because he was Dad Hagen, <laughs> and Dad Hagen was as solid as the rock of Gibraltar, and Dad Hagen have an, didn't have an ounce of weirdness in him, not an ounce. So God trusted him with the names of those two angels. I know their names. I'm not going to say it because then people start talking about it. It's not important what their names are. But those that he knew what those names, 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 and actually I've seen services where he gets in the spirit and he starts to speak in other tongues and then he'll start to say their names. And he's actually talking to them in their language in tongues and addressing them by name. Because the Bible says that you can speak in the tongues of men and in the tongues of angels. That doesn't mean that your personal tongues is an angelic tongue, but angels speak a form of tongues. And you can actually communicate to your angel by a tongue that is their language that God lets you speak. It's happened to me about six times in my life. When I'm in prayer, my tongues will change and, 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 I'll, and the angel will be right there, usually on this side. And I'll look and the Lord will say, now speak to him and I'll speak in his language. It's a totally different tongue that I'm used to. And my mind knows exactly what I'm saying. God's, I'm interpreting, the Lord's interpreting it in my mind as I'm saying it. And I know exactly what I'm telling him to do. And then he goes and he does it. But I don't look for those experiences. I don't pray in tongues and go, oh, Lord. uh, I feel the chills. Oh, Lord, give me an angel tongue. And then try to make it, fake it into the flesh. (laughs) you got to say this because some people are weird. Just because God can doesn't mean he will. Don't ever look for an angel to appear to you, although they could. Don't try to communicate to them in their language, although by the Spirit you could if God lets you. It's possible because it's happened to me. There's so much that we don't know. Was it uh, Rachel T. Fatilla or was it the other lady? With Dad Hagen when they went back and forth in a conversation in tongues. Jeannie Wilkerson. Wilkerson. It's the strangest thing. You should watch it. Pastor Leketic sent me a thing of Dad Hagen and Jeannie Wilkerson in a service. And they are having a conversation in tongues. Mm -hmm. He talks to her in tongues and she answers him. And he talks back and she answers him. And you say, I don't understand that because tongues are talking to God. But by the gifts of the Spirit, they were actually doing tongues, but the interpretation was coming into their mind, not out of their mouth. And they had a full conversation. And afterward, they knew exactly what each other had said. That's a strange act of the Holy Ghost. It's not scary and it's not weird, but you can't try to mimic that. I can't try to say, okay, I'm going to talk now and then you talk back to me. You can't, you can't manipulate these acts of the Spirit. But there's a lot in that realm that we haven't really touched and that we don't really know because we're so starchy and we're so legalistic and we're so religious. But again, if you get too, too relaxed, then you'll get, into, you'll get into error. So it's better that we stay strict according to the word, but be open to more things as the Holy Ghost is willing to do them. I'm not telling you a list of everything that he will do. I'm telling you a list of what he can do. Are you, are you with me? He can and he will speak by the inner witness. We know that for sure. And by the inner voice. Now he can, he may not, but most, if you get skillful, you'll hear the voice of the Spirit. He'll speak to you through scripture. He'll speak to you through private gift of prophecy. when you're by yourself or interpretation of tongues, publicly, he can give you a message through that as well, corporately or to you individually. A spiritual vision, high revelation, a spiritual picture. You see that with your eyes closed. He can communicate things that way to you. He can communicate to you through an open vision, which includes angelic visitations. What about number 10? Dreams. He can, that doesn't mean he will. That doesn't mean that every dream you have is from God. When it is a dream from the Holy Ghost, when you wake up, you'll instantly know what it means. If you ever have to ask somebody what your dream means, it wasn't from God because the Holy Ghost will always reveal to you right away what it means, if it's really from him. Your soul is very complex. And one way that doctors have told us, and they're right, that we deal with psychological issues, unresolved conflicts, uh, unmet desires, is you dream about it. It's a way that your body releases things by dreaming. So just be very careful you don't put too much stock in dreams. Because right. it could just be you want something and you have a dream about it and you think it's God, but it's not. It's just your body. That's its way of handling certain things. It's your way of cleaning out your psyche. Really, dreams are, are, are the garbage heap. They clean things out. You're dealing with something. You often dream about it. And it's like it just it gets it out of you. But a lot of people, they take that dream and then they think that God's speaking to them through the dream and that God wants them to go to China. you don't ever go to China by a dream. You go to China by the inner witness. You go to China by the voice of the spirit. You go to China by other ways, but not just by a dream. Don't put too much talk in dreams because they can be weird, but God can talk through dreams. Remember he said he saved Jesus' life by giving Joseph a dream to go to Egypt. You'd think that would be important enough for the angel Gabriel to show up. Since Gabriel came to Mary, why didn't Gabriel come to Joseph? God gave him a dream dreams can be from God, but make sure that you don't think they're all from God. Yeah. You know, I'm sure in Joseph's life, he might've had one or two occasions in his whole life that he had a spiritual dream. But in the, today, everybody, every dream is a spiritual dream. You might have one dream in your whole life be from God and, and, and you're, you just keep track with, that's what a lot of people in the Bible, one dream in their whole life. Yeah. The inner so witness, don't, the inner witness will tell you the, when the dreams are thank you. My wife said the inner witness ch- check everything against the inner witness. Yeah, that's right. I've had people stand up and say young man stand up and prophesy and in my spirit i'm grieved I will never embarrass them. I'll say thank you, sir. Thank you, sir And i'll sit down and absolutely not follow one iota of what they said Because I don't care what the prophecy says I go with my inner witness and if my inner witness is grieved if my inner witness knows something's wrong Not my mind because I don't like what they're saying, but my spirit man is it having alarm bells I don't care who they are or what they say. I don't go with it because minor inner witness is the only thing that can't be mimicked. The devil can mimic that. The devil, nothing can mimic the inner witness. Yes. And number 11, the audible voice. Now this is an actual audible voice. The voice of the spirit can seem like it's audible, but it's not. Because nobody else in the room heard it. Remember, Samuel, Samuel. And he runs to Eli. Did you call me? No. Samuel, Samuel. That was the voice of the spirit, but it was not audible because otherwise Eli would have heard it but it sounded so real and it sounded like his spiritual father yeah. Yeah. reverend greer tells me many times god has spoken to him and the voice is exactly like kenneth hagan exactly but it's it's the spirit speaking to him in a voice that he's familiar with and that he trusts so maybe god talked to you and sound like pastor craig <laughs> <laughs> have we got to talk to you and it's <laughs> Nobody found that funny. I'll move right along. The audible voice, that's only, only if you trust me, really. I know you trust me. Yes, I so the Spirit do. may just talk to you to sound like me. Yes. Glory to God. Now listen, it's audible to your physical ears. It's only happened to me one time. I was depressed. I was down. I was sad. I was alone and depressed. And I fell across the bed crying, God, why did you call me to the ministry? Every preacher goes to that at least once in their life. And I heard an audible voice out loud, not in my mind, not it seemed, it was out there. It came from out the ceiling, but it, it scared me because it was very loud. It actually, I mean, it freaked me out. It's the only time I've ever had it. Many people, other people have had it many times. I've only had it once, but I heard an audible voice come from heaven and it came through the roof, like with these magnified speakers. And this is exactly what it said. And this is exactly what it sounded like. Have faith. When you're whining and crying, just watch it. God's not happy. He wants you to stop your whining and have faith. And I jumped off that bed and started repenting. That was in McMurchie when we were first married. I jumped off my bed and started repenting because God was displeased with my whining about the ministry and he wanted me to buck up, act like a man and have some faith. That's the only time i ever heard it. I wish God had said nice things like, son, you're the best. I'm I'm so glad that you answered my call for the nation of Canada. I love you. There's many giftings inside of you, far more than Reverend Greg. I mean, why can't he say that stuff to me? Why does he have to yell at me and tell me to have faith? But if he ever talks to you with an audible voice, believe me, you won't say, did anybody hear that? You'll know that everybody heard it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's usually very loud. And it's unmistakable. But don't look for it, because he doesn't do that very often. One time, thousands of times I've had the inner witness, one time an audible voice. And I didn't look for it. And I wasn't very happy when it came. It scared me more than anything else. So just, you know, praise God. And the last one, which I know all of you is your favorite, is animals or nature. Praise God. The donkey spoke. The donkey spoke. Balaam is a sinful man. He's into witchcraft. He's cursing Israel. And the donkey was going to get killed. The angel's there with his drawn sword ready to decapitate him. And he can't see it, but the poor donkey can. And the donkey keeps hitting him pushing him against the wall, and he's beating that animal. And then finally the donkey spoke up, remember? <laughs> so if it's in the Bible, it is possible. And that man that was a preacher down in the south in the late 1800s, and they hated him, and the, the man there had come with his bullwhip, and he tapped him on the top of his head, and he said, you don't quit, preach, you don't quit preaching, preacher. I'm going to cut your head off. And he tapped him on his head with his bullwhip. The heft, the, 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 you know, the handle of his bullwhip. And so, and they hated him, they persecuted him, and he's in there, he's in there, there's no air conditioning, and he's in his, in his living room, in his open door. You know, this is in the south, it's hot. And he's there, and a rooster. Pastor, the, the grandchild of the preacher told this to Pastor Nancy personally, so she knows, her granddaddy told her. The, the rooster, the door's open, there's no screens, this is like in the 1800s, 1870s or whatever. The rooster walked into the middle of there, looked at him square in his face and said, they're coming up the driveway, run! and i don't know why could an angel come i don't know God likes variety and he jumped out the back window and ran for his life they were coming up the driveway to kill him and then that ringleader who hated the preacher who tapped him on his head with the bullwhip that preacher said father you judge those that try to stand against the gospel and that guy got into uh, an accident and a piece of whatever it was, slate or something, clipped him in his head exactly where he tapped the preacher. The slate clipped him and cut his whole head off. And the whole community knew he tapped the preacher there. You tap the preacher there, God will kill you there. Now that's not God don't kill, but that's what the community was saying. You tap the preacher, God will kill you. (laughs) I mean, don't mess with the preacher because unsaved people, they don't understand that God's not killing. He opened a door to the devil. But there's a measure of judgment. You touch the man of God and you know, (laughs) you better watch out. But the rooster said, they're coming up the driveway, run, get out. The donkey spoke, but don't go to Fluffy and say, Fluffy, that's your cat. Don't you know it? And she looks at you. You know how they purr? Fluffy, do you have a word for me? I never went once to Oliver and said, Oliver, tell me what I should do in this situation. He never spoke to me either. He just licks me. He doesn't speak. God can. That doesn't mean he will, but he can if he has to. Now, what about nature? He said, look up at the stars. The stars didn't speak, but the star, God used the stars to communicate to Abraham. What did Jesus say in Matthew 6? Go look at the birds. Go look at the birds. The birds aren't necessarily talking to you. Please go to church. Please tithe. They're not talking to you. But you can look at how the birds are taken care of by your father, and they can bring you strength to say, if God can take care of that nasty little sparrow, he can sure take care of me. Yes. Praise God. God spoke to me through the birds the day before we found our building when I saw them having fun. And, and I was in a drought, and the Lord said this morning, they didn't have that water, but over and last night, they never had it, but in the morning, I provided, and I'll provide a building for you. Too. See, he spoke, but he used nature you understand? So, nature can actually speak physically, if it's an animal, but God can also use nature to communicate. I saw a picture of, uh, what's our, 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 our I took my tongue, the preacher, it's on our wall in there, the healing evangelist with the beard, T.L. Osborne. I've seen a picture of his crusade, I think it was in Indonesia, and the clouds supernaturally formed an image of the face of Jesus. It is the the freakiest thing you've ever seen. I couldn't believe it if I didn't see it. I said, is this a doctored picture? This is an original picture from the 50s or 60s, whenever it was. And the cloud over the stadium formed a face of Jesus. It is unmistakable, undeniable. You've seen it. And the entire stadium saw it and thousands got saved. I'm not saying God will, but God can what is the number one way not your rabbit the number one way is the inner witness what's the number two way the voice of your spirit the still small voice then the voice of the holy ghost then the word of god Then the gift of prophecy privately again publicly then any kind of a vision spiritual vision a trance an open vision that includes an an angel appearing to you not that it will but it can a dream an audible voice or animals, or nature. These are ways by which God communicates to men, But the number one way is the inner witness and the word. Yes. Okay, the, the top four. Yeah. Really, I would almost say the top five, because God does a lot. If you get skillful in prayer, yeah. You'll get a lot of answers. Can I tell you something? Brother you won't believe it if I say it, but it's the truth. Brother Hagen said that 90 percent of every sermon that he got, 90 percent of all the messages he got to preach, came by number five. He would be in prayer, and the gift of prophecy would start to flow out of him about a subject in the Bible and he would just write out what he said and then go study it to get further, further revelation and he'd preach it and that's what all the books that you see about Kenneth Hagin all came by the gift of prophecy. He just got into the spirit and began to speak by inspired utterance and he'd just write out what he spoke and add the scriptures and, you know, do research and stuff but the the core of it came out because he interpreted his tongues or he just prophesied in his own prayer time. So if 90% of what Dad Hagin preached came by that way obviously I think a lot of the way we should live should come by that if we're skillful, but not, don't try to prophesy. If you're not skillful, you'll make mistakes. Go with the inner witness first. Get skillful with the inner witness. Get skillful with the inner voice. Learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. Learn the scripture and how he talks to you through the scripture. And then learn prophecy and tongues and interpretation privately. Those five ways, you'll get the vast majority of what you need from God. Those five ways, not through the snake or through the, or through the dolphin. Dolphin, please speak to me. No, no, don't try to interpret what that means like he's talking to you Just leave the do- and the squids leave the squids alone. That was from the previous service Don't worry about the squids at all. Amen. We're not going with animals or nature primarily. We're going with the first five Are you with me? Yes. Have I given you a little bit of help a little bit of nugget a little bit of so that you can say oh, okay I thought that inner witness. I thought that inner voice was the Holy Spirit Actually, it's my spirit speaking to me by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah Praise God. When the Spirit speaks to me, I'll know it because it's more authoritative. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of this is like a rainbow. Sometimes the, the first three, well, mainly the first two are like a rainbow. They're very hard to delineate. They're very hard to, to, to separate because they're so close. But if you get skillful, God will help you. Amen. I want you to learn to be led by the Spirit. It's the most important thing that you can learn. Father, I thank you for these precious people. I thank you, Lord, for their kind attention to your word today. I thank you that they came ready to be filled. They came hungry, and I thank you that you gave them some nuggets and some revelation that they can use going forward. I bless them, Father. I thank you for them. Lord, I thank you for them. Lord, I thank you for them, that they dip down into their spirits, And they touch into that current, that flow, that river of the Holy Ghost. It's flowing beneath their feet. It's flowing in the realm of the Spirit like an underground stream. And this COVID season has no bearing on it whatsoever. And they are well able to overcome in this season as if nothing happened because they tapped into their spirit. Lord, help us tap into our spirit and help us to be led by the Spirit.